You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more, up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com William Stevens has said, all right, we're going to have to set up a means by which we can bring everybody into this war. And the first thing they did was they uh, got FDR and others to sign off on the OSS, which is the secret security service, the secret inner uh, core uh, shadow government, you could say, which would be operating in the style of the shadow government of the security services in the United United Kingdom in the UK. And this again, where does this come from? People say, how do you get, you know, this coronation, for example, with uh, Charles, how do you link that to the World Economic Forum and corporations? Because it seems to me that aren't, aren't corporations and, and British monarchy and royalty, is, is it that antithetical? Wouldn't that be opposed to one another? No, the origin of modern corporations is the British East India Company. And as Alex mentioned in hour one, their merger with the Dutch East India Company. And out of those, corporate governance models, that was really what was kind of the engine of the British Empire when the British Empire was at its peak, was this intercorporate government. That became the model for Cecil Rhodes to set up his British South Africa company, which was a basically a slave labor operation where you enslave the locals and you have a monopoly on diamonds, the beers, et cetera. That's how the model of the, uh, the Cecil Rhodes control structure happened. That became the model of how the inner party of the Society of the Elect that uh, he talks about in his la- uh, last will and testament of Cecil Rhodes. All right, so this is an actual thing. This is where we get Rhodes Scholars. Okay, Bill Clinton was a Rhodes Scholar. What is that? Where does that come from? It comes from Cecil Rhodes. And what was he all about? He was all about setting up what I'm talking about. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, 
and fight a nutrient so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and body extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. Welcome to the fourth hour. This is Jay Dyer. As Alex said, glad to be back. Glad to be here. You know, we've been getting deep into the history of British intelligence, the British Empire. Uh, Cecil Rhodes' last will and testament. Actually, I have that right here with me somewhere. But uh, what we want to talk about today is more of what you heard Alex talking about, I think, in the first hour, which is this figure of Dr. John Coleman and the Tavistock Institute. But before that, I want to give us a reminder of how we got to where we are in terms of this, uh, the erection of this shadow government, this deep state. Where did it come from? How did it get here? Well, remember that the uh, Royal Institute for International Affairs, the Milner Group, the Rothschild-Rockefeller combine uh, decided that there could be a model in the U.S. for how to run an empire of an inner circle and an outer circle, the society of the elect, and then the, hep- the helpers, that uh, super class that, uh, that you heard Alex talking about with Rothkopf. That is modeled on this uh, steering committee inner outer party model that comes out of the, the Milner Fabian circles. And so this is also known as the, the Cecil block. In 1909, the Milner group created MI6, and it was chaired first by the Milnerite Secretary of War, Richard Haldane. Its first chief was Mansfield Cumming, who appointed by, it was appointed by FO Undersecretary Charles Hardings protege of the Cecil Block founder, Lord Salisbury. And Cummings is the guy that would sign everything as C. So he was the head of British uh, Secret Intelligence Service at this time. And if you've watched James Bond, you know he has a handler, M. That's representing this Cummings character uh, who would sign everything just as C. They just change it to M in uh, Fleming's novels. In 1940, the Milner Group had it was headed by Lord Lionel Curtis, who was in charge of the Foreign Office and controlled MI6. Lord Halifax was at this time Foreign Secretary and fellow Millerite member Lord Lothian was British Ambassador to the United States. It was a part of the Milner Group's expansion when they set up uh, an American station called the BSC, the British Security Coordination. This became a kind of black ops operation. And uh, at this time, they were concerned about the fact that the U.S. was still isolationist. Now, if you remember, isolationism was a term that the Tavistock Institute came up with to weaponize and to to use groupthink to make Americans feel bad for not wanting to participate in foreign conflicts in European wars. So they began with Wellington House, the British intelligence warfare uh, outfit back at World War One, coming up with this idea. That was Arnold Toynbee and other figures. And then they uh, morphed into the Tavistock Institute that then utilized this uh, technique of weaponizing words to make you feel bad, to make you go along with groupthink. And there was a uh, famous uh, figure, no, I can't find the book, but uh, Walter Lippmann's public opinion book 
which I had here with me somewhere. But uh, Lippmann in 1920 wrote Public Opinion, and he wrote that several years before Bernays wrote Propaganda. Now, both of these texts, again, come out of the Tavistock Institute. So when we think of intelligence services and this kind of stuff, we, we, we think of them as doing James Bond stuff uh, or policing and keeping America safe, fighting terrorists. And that's not really what these people uh, do. They're engaged in culture control, culture war, in a bad sense, and essentially steering public opinion and steering uh, people's thought processes, mainly through mainstream media. And so in 1920, Walter Lippmann wrote Public Opinion, and that was about how they could control the masses through polls and polling. Because through groupthink, nobody would want to be seen as an outsider. So everybody would opt for being part of the group. And so they utilize their intelligence assets and their people in media all throughout media. So this idea of uh, you know, Operation Mockingbird, which comes out later on in the U.S. in the 70s, 80s, uh, Woodward Bernstein, all that kind of stuff. That's actually uh, an older British style of buying up and controlling the press. And so if you read Dr. Carol Quigley, he talks about how the oligarchs, the, 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 the super elite in the U.K., they actually bought up most of the universities and the press. They control most of that uh, in the, the time of uh, Lord Rothschild, Lord Milner, and uh, Cecil Rhodes. So they already controlled the, the academic university system, and that's where they would recruit people. So Oxford, Cambridge, Eton, uh, London School of Economics, these are all uh, entities created by, fostered by, and run by these groups, especially the London School of Economics, which is created by the Fabians, as we know. So uh, this becomes recruiting ground, just like in the U.S. The recruiting grounds are Harvard, Yale, Skull and Bones. That's where we get the OSS and the CIA figures. But this British Security Coordination Office is really crucial. So when we come back, I want to talk about that a little bit because that is the basis for how America was turned into a foreign policy police engine rather than a so-called isolationist nation. So uh, this goes back to World War One and the, the failures of Woodrow Wilson for the globalists. He did get a lot of things done for them, but he also failed in certain ways. This is the Alex Jones Show. Don't go anywhere. I'm your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis. Basically, the origins then of the Woodrow Wilson administration, as many of you may know, is not really from a uh, public consensus in the American uh, electorate, right? There's a lot of evidence to suggest that, in fact, Wilson himself was perhaps sexually compromised. And so he had a handler, this figure named Colonel Edwin Mandel House. If you've read Geoward Griffin, you know, he talks about this. And House was an agent for this uh, British inner circle that we're talking about, the Royal Society, uh, Chatham House, etc. And they basically cajoled Wilson into this idea of setting up the Federal Reserve System and beginning to support the Bolsheviks. Because initially, America, obviously, at the, the grassroots level, didn't have any interest in supporting Bolshevism and the revolution in Russia. But British intelligence definitely did. And that's why the elites over there put a lot of money into supporting uh, Trotsky and Lenin. And that's precisely why Woodrow Wilson uh, granted uh, uh, visas to these people, right? They use things like the Red Cross as a cover to go and send aid to uh, Trotsky and then to Lenin. And so this becomes a, a, a model for how this foreign group will subvert the United States government, which is actually a, still to a degree, you know, controlled by the people to a degree. There's, a, you know, people being elected and especially at the local level. And by the time of World War II, after the League of Nations fails, right, which that was underneath uh, this administration, well, the Wilson administration, they wanted to have World War One to get the League of Nations. And that was supposed to be the initial Fabian Socialist world government. That didn't work because 
the U.S. was still anti-policing uh, uh, and it was anti-United Nations at that time, anti-League of Nations, I should say. And they saw it as a way to subvert American sovereignty. And so then we decided that the elite decided that it's time to have another world war. And that's why Quigley talks about Schroeder Bank, which was also the same people at uh, uh, bank uh, where Alan Dulles worked at the Schroeder Bank and uh, worked with the Bank of England. And that's the same people that funded Tiny Mustache Man. So Hitler's funded by the same banking power, the same structure that brings the Dulles family to power, right? In the United States, which is essentially the Rockefellers. And this is the, <clears throat> the origin of why the OSS and the CIA had links and alliances, not just with Reinhard Galen and the Nazi network and the Operation Paperclip and all that, but it's also why they would aid and fund and uh, work together with Mao and Mao's guerrillas. So Bill Donovan trained Mao's guerrillas and helped set up the Chinese Communist spy network. That was because David Rockefeller has always been a fan uh, of socialism and communism and Marxism because he's a Fabian socialist. And that's a, a doctrine of socialism, as we've seen, that reconciles Marxism with monopoly capital, specifically a position that is intended to work together because Marx's original form of, a, 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 of Marxism failed. Right? There was no worker revolution. So now it switches into reform Marxism, and that's Fabian socialism. And that's the game plan model of the people at the CFR, at the roundtable groups, at the Milner group, et cetera. That's their ideological game plan. That's why you had Blair and Clinton being proponents of the third way. Same idea. And Bill Clinton studies under Dr. Carol Quigley at Georgetown. That's his mentor. His mentor to be brought into and trained in the ways of this system. So what we're talking about today, this Carol Quigley stuff, this Milner stuff, Bill Clinton learned that in his college days or even earlier when he was recruited into this work. And so we get under FDR, as we said, the rise of the security state. How do we get this? Why do we get this? And who's involved in this? Well, it's key British operatives who are sent here from these British Royal Society elites to set up the shadow government. When we come back, we're going to get deep into that. You're going to understand how it occurred through sexual entrapment. All right, uh, this is The Alex Jones Show. I am your guest host, Jay Dyer of Jay's Analysis, and we are covering the history of media and how it relates to the intelligence services and the national security state and apparatus, how this is patterned on the British model. If you go to my channel a couple of days ago on YouTube, I did a, a three-hour lecture. And I did it because I found this excellent documentary from, it looks like maybe from the 90s. <clears throat> and believe it or not, it's actually narrated by Charlton Heston. And it's, it's an excellent documentary. And I've actually found several of these. And they look like old History Channel documentaries. I'm not exactly sure. But uh, they're great because even though they're just sort of mainline documentaries, you've got Charlton Heston on there explaining the whole history of how this all went down. So all this stuff that people think is, quote, conspiracy theory. They think it's uh, you know, made up, it's tinfoil hat. It's, it's not theory, it's actually just history. This is a completely mainline history documentary series. I think it's called uh, Cold War Espionage, something like that. But I, I did a whole three-hour commentary on this video. You should go watch it if you want the deep dive, the really, really deep dive. <clears throat> because Charlton Heston goes into detail about this uh, British Security Coordination Office and how they sent over this this curious, nefarious figure named William Stevenson. And he was a Canadian intelligence guy who was recruited uh, ultimately by British intelligence. And they gave him an office at Rockefeller Plaza to set up this British security coordination office. And the purpose was to ensure that the United States would be 
fully enmeshed and involved in the British side of World War II. Because even at this time, a lot of United States uh, opinion was against being involved in another war. We didn't want another world war. And so people didn't want to be involved. So William Stevens has said, all right, we're going to have to set up a means by which we can bring everybody into this war. And the first thing they did was they uh, got FDR and others to sign off on the OSS, which is the secret security service, the secret inner uh, core uh, shadow government, you could say, which would be operating in the style of the shadow government of the security services in the United, King United Kingdom in the UK. And this again, where does this come from? People say, how do you get you know, this coronation, for example, with uh, Charles, how do you link that to the World Economic Forum and corporations? Because it seems to me that aren't, aren't corporations and, and British monarchy and royalty, is, is it that antithetical? Wouldn't that be opposed to one another? No, the origin of modern corporations is the British East India Company. And as Alex mentioned in hour one, their merger with the Dutch East India Company. And out of those corporate governance models, that was really what was kind of the engine of the British Empire when the British Empire was at its peak, was this intercorporate government. That became the model for Cecil Rhodes to set up his British South Africa Company, which was a basically a slave labor operation where you enslave the locals and you have a monopoly on diamonds, De Beers, et cetera. That's how the model of the, uh, the Cecil Rhodes control structure happened. That became the model of how the inner party of the Society of the Elect that uh, he talks about in his la uh, last will and testament of Cecil Rhodes. All right, so this is an actual thing. This is where we get Rhodes scholars, okay? Bill Clinton was a Rhodes scholar. What is that? Where does that come from? It comes from Cecil Rhodes. And what was he all about? He was all about setting up what I'm talking about. The idea of a Anglo-American Atlanticist power block structure that would run the world. Now, a lot of people hear that and they think, well, that's uh, what's wrong with that? That's us. That's that's uh, us running. No, you understand that this is a super 0.01 percent technocratic banking and corporate elite that believe in Malthusianism. So it's nothing to do with you. It's not America. It's a inner party structure that uses these things as cutouts, as fronts. So you think about the mafia, you know, using a laundry service or a dis uh, garbage disposal service like Tony uh, Soprano does. Those are cutouts, fronts, right, for something else. From the vantage point of these people, the whole country is a cutout. It's a tool for this, for this operation, for this engine. That's why. America's foreign operations and foreign wars don't serve America's interests. That's why things don't get better as we engage in more and more of this. Things get worse because it's nothing to do with benefiting a nation state. What's the, the lecture that the guy, uh, uh, the, the oligarch uh, magnate, the, the vanguard BlackRock man, magnate guy in the movie Network, Jensen? You remember when he gives that speech to Howard Beale? Because Howard Beale is the angry TV man who's going on these rants. And Jensen, who's uh, doing the corporate merger, taking over the network and selling it to some other big corporate entity, he says, you have messed with the primal forces of nature. There are no nations anymore. There are no people groups. There's one corporation that is coming. And that corporation, he says, a lot of people forget what all is actually in that corporate. It's called the corporate cosmology speech. Right? It's a very famous film clip. 
He says that what's coming is a corporate installed global technocratic government. And that corporation, that one corporation, Mr. Beale, he says, will give everybody their kibbles and bits. Everybody will get tranquilized. Everybody will, will be drugged. Everybody will have their entertainment from Megacorp. He says, that's the future, Beale. And he says, and human beings are essentially humanoids. He says, they are not actually human anymore. And we have absolutely every intention of mutating them to no longer be human, he says. They will be cogs in this global technocratic system. So that's the link between the coronation of Charles and corporate governance. They're all part of the same structure. And all the Christian LARPing and trappings of that coronation service have nothing to do with Christianity whatsoever. From the vantage point of the state or from the corporate state, those are just other brands to be controlled and used. Christianity is a brand to be used to control people. Yes, this is an excellent scene. <laughs> is it possible to play that scene? I don't know if we, do we have time to play the speech because it really hammers home everything that, that I'm saying. Is that a, Can we do that or is it not doable? I know it's kind of improv here. What's that? Yeah, so uh, maybe when we come back from the break, we can play this uh, amazing sequence. And if you've seen the movie, I, 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 uh, you'll remember this. It's, it's one of the most memorable scenes probably in, in all cinema history. And he's pictured at the end of this table because he's sort of a godlike figure, right? We, we are down here with Beale as this, uh, you know, far removed from the, from the elite, uh, this vanguard BlackRock sort of CEO character who's giving Beale the, the angry TV man who's ranting about, you know, everything being messed up. He's giving him the speech that social Darwinism is what runs the world. And that's the philosophy of the British Empire, right? They're the ones that gave us social Darwinism. And he says that we will rule because we have the Darwinian impetus to rule. And that rulership will be to create a completely homogenized, standardized humanity. In other words, everything that's in Brave New World, right? Because you don't have individuality in Brave New World. He says that the enemy here is the individual, Mr. Beale. The, in the individual is the competitor to the global market that has to be stamped out. And we will homogenize human beings. And we will tranquilize them. And we will mutate them into being cogs. Being program races, they will be program robots. And the Faye Dunaway character in the movie represents what Jensen is talking about here. If you've seen the film, right? She is the humanoid, right? She has a love affair and her, her lover doesn't understand her because he's an older guy, older generation. He says, you are a humanoid. You're not human anymore. This is the Alex Jones Show. Don't go anywhere. I'm your guest. Hill is proud to announce the release of a new translation, Leon de Grel in Exile, by Jose Luis Jerez Reisco. Readers of The Burning Souls will already be familiar with de Grel's life before and during the Second World War, his service on the Eastern Front, and his involuntary post-war exile in Franco's Spain. This new work tells the story of his life in exile in detail, 
replete with first-hand accounts from Spanish nationalists and friends of de Grel. During his time in Spain, de Grel did not wallow in sadness, despite the atrocities inflicted upon him and his family by the victorious Allied powers. He stayed remarkably active in European nationalist politics and left a lasting impression on both his personal friends and those from around the European world who took inspiration from his tenacious idealism. De Grel's enduring legacy in Spain is well-deserved. Such a legacy also deserves to be spread to both sides of the Atlantic and beyond. Antelope Hill is proud to be the first to bring this unparalleled biography to the English reader. Get Leon de Grel in exile today at antelopehillpublishing.com. gentlemen the truth the solution is laying right there in front of you hidden in plain view please listen to me in the next 60 seconds if you go to wikipedia it has links to the un zone website where they admit the number one cause of cognitive disability in the world is iodine deficiency the number one preventable cause of intellectual disability is lack of real pure iodine in the body as they bomb us with the bad halogens, bromide, bromide, chlorine, and so much more. Upwards of 2 billion people in a Lancet Medical Journal study in 2007 worldwide have cognitive disabilities because they don't have high quality iodine. Most iodine is bound to other elements, you don't absorb it. We have X3, all three types of the good iodine together that supercharges your body. X3 is now back in stock at InfoWarsTore.com. It's being sold out for over six months for 25% off. X3, back in stock. Take action now. InfoWarsTore.com. You have meddled with a primal 
forces of nature, Mr. Bill, and I won't have it. Is that clear? Do you think you merely stopped a business deal? That is not the case. The Arabs have taken billions of dollars out of this country, and now they must put it back. It is ebb and flow, tidal gravity. It is ecological balance. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems. One vast and main, interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. Petrodollars, electrodollars, multidollars, Reichmarks, rims, rubles, pounds, and shekels. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. That is the natural order of things today. That is the atomic and subatomic and galactic structure of things today. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. Am I getting through to you, Mr. Beale? And by the way, he atones by being assassinated. That ends up being his atonement here. Your little 21-inch screen. And howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. There is only IBM and ITT and AT&T and DuPont, Dow, Union Carbide and Exxon. Those are the nations of the world today. What do you think the Russians talk about in their councils of state? Karl Marx? They get out their linear programming charts, statistical decision theories, minimax solutions, and compute the price cost probabilities of their transactions and investments, just like we do. We no longer live in a world of nations and ideologies, Mr. Beale. Operates like a giant corporation. The world is a college of corporations, inexorably determined by the corporate cosmology immutable bylaws of business social darwinism the world is a business mr beale it has been since man crawled out of the slime as we said social darwinism and And our children will live mr beale to see that perfect world in which there's no war or famine here you go oh here is 1984 brave new world as the corporate plan one vast and ecumenical holding company for whom all men black rock vanguard serve a common profit in which all men will hold a share of stock ubi all necessities provided UBI-based income, Democracy Coompod, Smart City. All boredom, amused. Metaverse, Matrix. And I have chosen 
you, Mr. Beale, to preach this evangel. So it's a new gospel? Because you're on television, dummy. <laughs> 60 million people watch you every night of the week. Notice Monday that his, you can see Beale, but his face is blacked out like he's God. unseeable. And he says, I've seen the face of God. You just might be right, Mr. Beale. That evening, Howard Beale went on the air there to you preach go. the corporate cosmology of Arthur. So as you can see, the corporate cosmology speech actually lays out a Brave New World scenario. And this Brave New World scenario includes something akin to a Great Reset scenario. Right? This is the idea when, where to bring about a total state of peace, global peace, we're going to have to get rid of a large portion of humanity. Now, that's not really mentioned in that movie. That movie's not about Malthusianism per se, but it is about a future technocracy that is coming that mass media serves as the engine to convince people of. And throughout the film network, the 1976 film, it, it actually portrays the media as a quasi-religious thing. Howard Beale, as you, as you know, if you've seen it, he's kind of presented more and more as a kind of a TV preacher. Now, he's not actually preaching a religious theology. In fact, he actually says at one point that he's teaching kind of a quasi-New Age philosophy where he says that he's discovered his inner light, his prana, <clears throat> he says. And so his job is to uh, get you angry, to get you agitated, to get you upset. And the whole film, I mean, I'm not saying that he doesn't, you know, have good points when he does his, his uh, lectures and his rants. He does. Many of the lectures are really good. The rants are really good. But the film is actually a satire of the godlike status in place of media uh, as an engine for mind control. And as we pointed out many, many times, the heads of media... When it comes to CBS, ABC, and eventually NBC, they were all from wartime intelligence. They were OSS people, Sarnoff, Haley, and others. And eventually they started bringing in consulting men, admin, consulting agency men, Lipman, Sullivan Cromwell, lawyers, right? Wall Street. They all sort of combined. That becomes the focus and the, the locus of the energy behind the original security services in the United States as people recruited out of these entities and these institutions. Originally, uh, it was a lot of just millionaires, playboys, these kinds of figures in the days of, uh, you know, war adventure, adventuring war heroes in the days of Donovan and others. And then it turns into more and more of a corporate structure. And so there's a sort of merge, an emer a merger between Wall Street uh, and the intelligence agencies, because as Dr. Anthony Sutton says, the uh, so the, the corporate sphere, the economic sphere, they're very perceptive and good at understanding how to see other, other countries as potential markets. So the real motivations for uh, the Bolshevik Revolution ultimately weren't about bringing about communist ideology and equality. There, there were a lot of communist people that were dupes really believing the ideology. But that was actually funded and fostered by very wealthy Wall Street corporations, all run out of New York City, as Sutton proves in his book. So what does that mean? Well, that means that the whole purpose of the ideological changes serves a corporate agenda. But that's just one level of understanding this. That's like, you know, even people like Noam Chomsky, who's a kind of a gatekeeper, he understands that level of this. There's a level beyond this which is this inner party structure that we're talking about that Quigley writes so extensively about in his books as a member of, 
he's not at the top of the pyramid, but he's he's an outer sort of archivist historian trainer for this group, training the Rhodes Scholars people like Bill Clinton, who would then be kind of given a, a place in this power structure through the Clinton Foundation and so forth, right, as well as Hillary. <clears throat> they serve this agenda of a future global order. So it's not even about just promoting wars for uh, pay to play, right? Hillary talked about that in her emails, remember that? She wrote an article for Brookings Institute saying that if we go in, we can get Gaddafi's loot. And if you donate to my campaign, I'll divvy it up for you, right? That's pay to play stuff. A lot of people know about that, right? But it's even beyond that, right? It's not just about running big money scams and laundering money and all that. That's a big part of the system, sure. But there's an even longer term plan that we've talked about so much, which is technocracy, and that's based around global reset. That is the Great Reset. That is what Davos, the World Economic Forum, promote publicly. And Klaus and Davos were set up as another one of these arms of these steering committees, the institutes, kind of like Bilderberg. Klaus used to be at Bilderberg, set up by Kissinger and the Harvard Project, the CIA. That's who set up Klaus and all that. So when King Charles goes on Klaus's podcast, which he did a couple of years ago, and said, this is our opportunity here to grasp the Great Reset and utilize this COVID for Great Reset. That is the same plan. That's the same. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, the American Freedom Party, US. You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com Ooh, the last turbo force. guys don't even know you can get the canister now. Get the all-new Turbo Force Plus at InfoWarsStore.com. Now it's shareable. Welcome 
back to the Alex Jones show. You know, we've been talking about the meaning and significance of the coronation and how, you know, Charles represents the head of His Majesty's Secret Service and uh, the British Secret Ser- Service, uh, which operates, you know, not just in the UK, but also everywhere else, just sort of like the FBI operates domestically and then the CIA operates everywhere else in the US. And this control structure is modeled in a very similar way to the British Empire because of what we were talking about, these agents and these people that were sent over to really help set up this national security state, which is more of a private shadow government answerable only to corporate elites and not subject to the laws of the land. And that's why there's so much corruption in the country is that these are the people that are really kind of running and steering the country, not you, not the elected officials. Now, there is still a degree of, uh, you know, control at the local level when it comes to politicians and whatnot. But even those are are fast being subverted. And I think there's a kind of a a death knell sort of uh, grasping when it comes to the election of the president. And we see some of that with people, you know, reacting by electing Trump. And I think that, you know, Trump is still uh, uh, speaking to that grassroots base that is figuring out something's wrong with the country. And even RFK Jr., right, is saying a lot of the same things that uh, resonate with people that are figuring things out. So, you know, what his motives are, whether he's uh, going to be a a viable candidate, I I don't know about that. But, um, you know, we see Trump capitalizing on the the anger at his CNN uh, uh, event as well, really calling it out. And and we hope, hopefully Trump can continue with uh, you know, pushing through real stuff and not giving in to kind of letting the swamp run things. So, you know, I would say that hopefully we can still see a glimmer of hope, even at the national presidential level with uh, the candidates that are at least speaking a lot of truth, right? And I think if we don't expect too much, we can't expect the president to really fix everything. But what's great is that even without the president being able to necessarily fix things, a lot of truth is coming out through both uh, Trump and RFK Jr. And so I think that's the <clears throat> that's the bright side of all this is that they do get to speak a lot of truth. But you see this pageantry and all this was basically just a kind of a, more of a Masonic ceremony with, a, uh, you know, Christian trappings. Uh, and you have all the other world religions there reading, reading scriptures and doing prayers with Hindus and Buddhists and Muslims and, you know, the, the standard sort of ecumenist. Uh, approach to religion, uh, not really Christianity, but with Christian trappings and pageantry and, and costumes, sort of a LARPing exercise. And if you know the history of the British uh, elite, you know, as Alex always points out, you know, these are Saxe-Coburg-Gotha. They're not, uh, they're not Anglo-Saxon, you know, native Albion people. They, according to Charles himself, come from Romania. I'm not dissing Romanians, but you know, this the celebration here has nothing to do with anything <laughs> that relates to the native, the native British people, and that's that's why uh, you know the, this family and this the, these rulers have been disastrous for the native United Kingdom Albion people, and it's just really sad because you know these people are part of the corporate internationalist superstructure that we've been talking about, the oligarchical elite. And I want to add too that you know if you go over to my YouTube channel, uh, Jay Dyer on YouTube, you'll notice that uh, at the very top is a deep breakdown of the movie Network, which we were referencing in the last segment. So if you want a longer deep dive, we go into 
to depth on that. But right below that is uh, my deep dive on the history of the intelligence services. So see that right there at the top? The real story of the intelligence agencies with that chick with the gun there. Go watch that because that's a three-hour breakdown of what we're talking about right now. This right here, this three-hour breakdown. I go really deep into the Charlton Heston documentary that gets into the history of all this. And I want to remind you, too, that if you go to my website, yeah, there's my channel. If you go to my website, you can get this at the shop. See that shop uh, button right there at the top left? You get signed copies of all my books. <clears throat> this is my 660 pages of all of my essays the last 10 years in terms of theology, geopolitics, the New World Order, philosophy. It's all in this 660-page book, and you get signed copies at my website. So all the copies are signed. And yes, I still have all of my uh, uh, older books as well. The Esoteric Hollywood is still there. So you can get part one, the classics, part two, uh, going deep, deep, deep into movies, kind of like what we did with Network. So if you enjoy the, the deep dive that we did with the movie Network on my channel, you can also get deep dives into countless other films in those two books, and they're all signed copies. So again, this, uh, this secret Milner Rothschild Rhodes inner circle clique of the British Empire that was the, the real powerhouse behind the British Empire. They were intent on <clears throat> bringing America back under its fold. And one of the things that Cecil Rhodes had an idea to do was he said, you know, look at the Jesuits. The Jesuits have this sort of commitment to a, an international entity, the papacy, the Roman Catholic Church. He said, why don't we utilize that structure? And Quigley talks about this in the Anglo-American establishment. There's a whole section where he talks about Cecil Rhodes using the Jesuits as the model. <clears throat> he says that, you know, Rhodes realized that the Jesuits were a kind of international intelligence agency. The Vatican had this international intelligence agency operative for, for centuries, right? Even before the Jesuits, you could argue that the Vatican was kind of an international corporate intelligence agency. So maybe even the British East India Company is modeled on a kind of a, a prior corporate <laughs> structure like the Vatican. And that's covered in detail in the lectures that we've done through the Operation Gladio book, the connection between the CIA, the Vatican, the Mafia, and, the, and the, particularly the Vatican Bank, right, and the P2 lodges. Now, if you go into that lectures that we've done on that and on these books, you're going to see that this is how the world really works. It doesn't work as we think what's out there in public purview. It's actually run by wealthy people, and not just wealthy people. I'm not a communist or a Marxist. I'm talking about extremely powerful extremely wealthy people like these people. Now, I don't think Charles is at the top of the pyramid, right? Uh, you know, you can find pictures of certain people above him putting their finger in his chest, telling him what to do. But this family has, I think, billions of dollars in land and holdings. So they certainly do have a lot of wealth and power. They are up there on the power structure. And they're all openly Malthusian. Right, countless quotes. Not a, it's not a conspiracy theory. They they talk about it. I wish I could come back as a virus and kill off humanity. Can't you guess? Can't you guess? Don't you know? I mean, they talk about it, right? And their cohorts, the people that they made an alliance with in the U.S., the Rockefeller family, Carnegie family, family, Vanderbilts, Oppenheimers. Guggenheim, all of those wealthy oligarchic robber baron families in the U.S. who made this alliance that makes up the Anglo-American establishment, the Eastern Seaboard elite in particular, 
They also, shocker, 100% across the board, all believe in Malthusian dysgenics, all of them. So that's how we get things like the last three years of COOF and this giant black ops operation of trying to get a billion people or, or more to take this experimental genetic therapy, quote unquote, bioweapon. It's because they're Malthusian. They have this attitude. And the people that run the corporations are all in the same groups as these people. That's why the people that go to Bilderberg go to Trilateral Commission. And they also go to the CFR. They're all part of the same steering committees. And this is all public. It's all on record. It's not a conspiracy theory. That's the amazing thing is that all of this is in public purview, hidden in plain sight. Hidden in plain sight is also a kind of a tactic, a technique that Tavistock talked about. And I mentioned these earlier, but this, this is not about hidden in plain sight, but here's what, I, what I've been telling you, right? Walter Lippmann, public opinion. This is about how he wrote this in 1920, even prior to Edward Menezes' famous book on propaganda. Walter Lippmann wrote about controlling people through mass media in 1920. So you think there's a conspiracy theory. Well, the people who run this, the people who produce studies for the RAND Corporation, for the CIA, for the CFR, right? That's what Tavistock does. They produce research and R&D for the power structure. It's just one of many. It's the premier psychological warfare think tank using behavior modification. That's what this is, behavior modification on a mass scale. And, uh, you know, his cohort uh, who wrote Propaganda, Bernays, right, five years later, said about this guy that we are controlled by an elite that most people don't know about. Most people don't know who Walter Lippmann is. But yet, at the very, in the very first page of Propaganda, which is one of the most famous books on this topic by Edward Bernays, we are controlled by an invisible government, a ruling power that has nothing to do with the elected officials. This is the logical result of so-called democracy. We're not a democracy. Republic is not a democracy. Different things. But this invisible government, he says, constitutes a true power structure and nobody even knows the names of these people. Watch the American Journal weekday mornings, 8 to 11 central at band.video. Live from the Infowars.com studios, it's Alex Jones. The silent majority is no longer silent. This is The War Room with Owen Schroyer. Please stand by for further details. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. So Gen Z workers are not going to be faring too well in the workplace. And that doesn't spell good for us in the future. One thing I could recommend is I think we need to get some of these Gen Zers on TurboForce, which you can get at InfoWarsStore.com. Didn't see the plug coming, did you? But here it is, TurboForce from InfoWars Life. 25% off. It's back. It's reformulated. It's in a canister so you can scoop out as much as you need. You want a full scoop? You want a heaping scoop? You want half a scoop? You can get it all now by just going to InfoWarsStore.com and ordering TurboForce. More strength, more power, more energy when you need it, and it's long-lasting. It's got vitamin C, it's got niacin, B6, taurine, beta-alanine, acetyl-L-carnitine, l 
theanine, green leaf extract, coffee berry, guarana seed extract, herba mate, and Oliva ATP are just some of the ingredients packed into Turbo Force. It's in a powder form. It's in a canister. You saw the commercial earlier. People were fighting over the last little bag. They don't even know. We got it now in a canister. So go to InfoWarsStore.com and pick up your Turbo Force. I don't know what you're waiting for. And that's my really my only plug today. I feel bad. I forgot to do it all throughout because we had so much information going on in an amazing interview. But we got another amazing interview, InfoWarsStore.com, and support what we're doing. It's you out there that fuel the jet engines that keep this whole thing twirling about. The Occidental Quarterly fills a unique niche in bringing together scholarly articles on a wide range of topics that are mired in political correctness elsewhere. It is edited by Professor Kevin McDonald, who's no stranger to listeners of the political cesspool. There are quite a few reasons for the precarious state of our civilization and our people. But one of the main ones is that we have lost the intellectual and moral high ground to a cultural elite that is hostile to our people and our culture. Those of us who are politically aware must understand that the elite's dominating culture and the political process in the West are intellectually and morally bankrupt. TOQ is the key. Digital download subscriptions are only $30 a year. Subscriptions by first-class mail are only $60 a year. Go to toqonline.com and click on subscribe now. In addition to receiving fascinating and informative articles, you will also be supporting the work of scholars who are part of a community defending our people and our culture with the highest level of integrity and intellectual sophistication. That's toqonline.com. Subscribe now. You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. It's been said that my people perish for lack of knowledge. When Christ said that, we know it's totally true. Knowledge is power. It's also been said that God helps those that help themselves. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to help yourself and help your family and help your community. If you research the iodine conspiracy and discover that in the US and in China and many other countries, IQs were dropping, deformities were exploding, the 20s and 30s and 40s, so the governments put iodine in the food. Not high quality iodine, it was still bound iodine to other elements, it was really cheap iodine, but it boosted IQs, knocked out the infertility, really did great things to stop a lot of the mutations uh, and deformities. Look it up for yourself. Just look up the iodine deficiency on Wikipedia, and it's got all the links to the UN, the Lancet Medical Journal, everything, about the number one cause of cognitive disability in the world, the number one cause of intellectual disability, the number one cause of all these different health problems is lack of iodine, and how these bad halogens that counter and block iodine are purposely put in the food and water. They even admit that here. And then we wonder why people are so dumb and why society is falling apart all around us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have the cleanest, best, highest quality iodine. We have all three types, the nascent, deep earth crystal, pure atomic iodine, and then two other types that help synergistically boost that, according to the experts that we did the research with. This product's been sold out for more than six months, but it's finally back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com or call toll-free 888 But whatever you do, Please look into the iodine deficiency. Please research it for yourself. And please find out how important it is. Because no one else has this iodine that we have. But some Himalayan salts that are billions of years old do actually have the triiodine in it. So wherever you get it, get it now. Listen, do you hear that sound? 
It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, theamericanfreedomparty.us. You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com.